0: Welcome to NFL Live presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Week two begins tonight at Lincoln Financial Field. The Philadelphia Eagles hosting the Minnesota Vikings. The NFC champion Eagles trying to move past a rusty week one. Rocky will help you do that. they're setting the scene They're getting ready for Thursday Night Football, the first edition this season, and already we've hit week two. Glad you're on NFL Live with us today. Dan Orlovsky is here. Marcus Spears is here. Ryan Clark to join us later. Adam Schefter as well. They're here for the hour. Let's get you ready There's for the tonight. There's the wave. There's the wave. There it is. He was doing the piece the other day. Now we're back to the wave. All right. You know it's a big game when Sal Palantonio is in the building, and South they got the win, but not the hot start Jalen Hurts was looking for week one. What's he saying about bouncing back for the Eagles tonight?
1: Hey, little concrete jungle rumble in South Philadelphia. Eagles and the Vikings on Thursday night football. You gotta love it. And both of these quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts and Kirk Cousins, have different things to prove tonight. Let's start with number one on the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts. You know, the offense was a little sluggish, but they were playing against Bill Belichick. They knew they were in a fight, and they fought through it. They don't have Kenneth Gainwell tonight, the running back position, so you'll see a nod of DeAndre Swift. And the key thing tonight for Jalen Hurts is to make sure you get the football to your tight end, Dallas Goddard. He has been the number one target for him on third down situations all year last year. In the game against New England, he ran 30 routes, had one ball thrown to him. It was late in the game. It was incomplete. This is a game where, we, without game will, if you can get Goddard opening up the middle, that's going to open up things for the running game and also for Devontae Smith. And A.J. Brown. It's simple, schematic football. You got to start with Dallas Goddard in the middle. As for Kirk Cousins, we all know the numbers, Laura. We all know what they are. We all know what it is, primetime games and how much they've struggled and how much they've struggled here and last year. And Justin Jefferson talked about the fact that he wants to come in here and play a different brand of football. And the Eagles have got to get after Kirk Cousins when situationally. On third down, I want to see what Sean Desai, the new defensive coordinator, has in terms of blitzing Kirk Cousins on third down tonight, Laura.
0: Mm, I love it. Uh, you know what, Sal Pal, you don't need any additional fanfare, but I think the dance team heard you are going to be there. They decided to come out in full force and support your hit. Uh, we appreciate you for being here. <laughs> with us on NFL Live, South Mountain Okay, though it came in a losing effort against Tampa in Week 1, Justin Jefferson recorded his ninth career 150-yard receiving game. Only Hall of Famer Lance Allworth has more in his first four seasons, and Jefferson will be eyeing some redemption against the Eagles, particularly in his matchup with Darius Slay. Remember this, in Week 2 last year, Jefferson was targeted five times with Slay as the nearest defender in coverage, and Slay actually had more picks. Then Jefferson had catches. People don't forget that stuff, right? So let's talk Jefferson tonight. How should Minnesota be using him, Dan?
2: I would put him on the inside for a great majority of this football game. You talked about the comparison or the competition between him and Darius Slay. A couple reasons why. Number one, I actually think Kirk Cousins sees it in the middle of the field really well. This is him in the slot. He's got the seam route. As the pressure comes off the edge, the most important thing, Justin, when you get past that backer, give me your eyes. Kirk, trusts that ball gets out, and there's that soft spot. The second thing, now in middle field, two safeties. Kirk starts on the outside, excuse me, Justin, but he's going to switch release and now become another seam guy, a bender. I think the nuance of his route running, this is an indicator to Kirk Cousins. When I jab step to the left, I want you to launch this ball to middle field. He does that. Now, there's also a butterfly effect to that because when you put him on the inside, everyone knows it and the corner up top is now looking at him run the corner route while Addison, the rookie receiver out of SC, is running the post route. He squats on it, anticipating Kirk's going to throw him that ball, and then the ball goes over to top. I think as, as incredible as he is, if you put him on the sl- in the slot, it's the weakness of the Philadelphia secondary when it comes to the corners and inside and outside. Two, it's how to attack this defense. Three, I think they're really good at it when it comes to Minnesota, Kirk and Justin ex- especially.
3: You know, I think a piece of it that Dan is also missing is that's where Justin Jefferson made his money in college. He was a great slot receiver. He understands how to manipulate the zone defenses and find those spaces to allow Kirk Cousins easy access to get him the ball. But when I talk to defensive coordinators and when I watch the film, teams that stop Justin Jefferson don't necessarily just focus on him. They focus on attacking Kirk Cousins. They focus on making sure the pocket is muddy for him, that he can't step up into the pocket and make his throws. And when you have pressure on Kirk Cousins, he's a guy who can be flustered, a guy who will make mistakes. And when you go back to that game against the Philadelphia Eagles last year, Darius Slay not only dominated, but it was that dominated, the dominating Philadelphia Eagles rush that put pressure on Kirk Cousins the entire night, and they continued to touch him. The more you touch him, the worse he gets. And coming off of a week where he fumbled twice and threw an interception in the Reds, Zone, the Philadelphia Eagles will be looking to attack him
4: Yeah, RC, I agree with you and the way to remedy that or alleviate that is this has to be a TJ Hawkinson game I keep thinking back to what Hunter Henry and Mike Gesicki was able to do against the Philadelphia Eagles and then you pointed out with Justin Jefferson having the ability to work the middle of the field He was targeted nine times. It just wasn't for anything explosive last week. I think you got to get TJ Hawkinson involved in the seams as we saw under attack from Mac Jones and also those sit-down routes or option opportunities that he has against these linebackers and these safeties. Remember, Nicobe Dean is out this week, so it's a new linebacker in there uh, playing this game. I think TJ Hawkinson can have a big one. I think he should be a focal point for Kirk Cousins, especially under duress if Sean decide decides to.
2: Yeah, the last thing I'll say is in the game, Last year he had zero catches, Justin Jefferson, when he was lined up outside. Zero. In that same game, he had six catches. All six of them came from when he was lined up in the slot. I think he lives there tonight.
0: Yeah, we keep referencing last year. It is important to point out, and RC alluded to this. Kirk Cousins had one touchdown with three interceptions in the game on Monday night football against the Eagles. All right, let's get to some top stories with Adam Schefter right now. There's some news out of Pittsburgh, Adam.
5: Well, Laura, moments ago, the Pittsburgh Steelers officially placed Their defensive tackle, Cam Hayward, on the injured reserve list, which means he's out a minimum of four weeks, and it looks like it's going to be considerably longer with the groin injury that he suffered in the Steelers' regular season opener against the Pittsburgh Steelers against the 49ers. Bad timing coming up against Nick Chubb and the Cleveland Browns on Monday night. Meanwhile. Travis Kelsey returned to practice today, was not limited, unlike Wednesday, and now is on track to make his 2023 season debut Sunday in Jacksonville against the Jaguars. The Chiefs need him back. They were missing him a week ago tonight against the Detroit Lions, but it looks like he will be back, as will defensive tackle Chris Jones, who ended his holdout on Monday, stayed on the same Reworked one year contract, but after being limited in practice on Wednesday as well, he was also a full participant today. So, Chris Jones was back at practice today. Travis Kelsey was back at practice today. And the Chiefs know that it's imperative to get off that 0 1 record and to try to get back to 500.
0: Yeah, Adam, you got to think Chris Jones helps in a big way there. Also, he wanted to clear a few things up on Wednesday, cleared the air. Here's what he said.
4: I think you, as reporters and fans, kind of miscrew the contract thing. I, it's never personal. I don't think I start hating Coach Reed or I start disliking Veach. I always, I love Veach. You know, he knows I love him. We had on and off conversation throughout it all. Um, Coach Reed, I love him too. Man, I'm still calling Tets. We actually got a group Tets. Veach, said um, I retweeted um, a picture where it was like Chris Jones after season, Chris Jones off season, where I was big with no neck, <laughs> 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 and we actually had a little joke about that
0: joke like when the money's been paid and it's all been worked out, right? Yeah,
2: (laughs) sure. As long as you get paid
0: that makes everything better. Uh, (laughs) All right, Marcus. So obviously always great when your star returns, but how exactly does Chris Jones change this defense?
4: Well, first of all, this is what they were doing every (laughs) night. (laughs) waiting no. on Chris Jones to sign this contract. Wait. What's Did you this? like next candle? to a candle. Did you like that candle okay? just now? Or was that lit before the show? You're just doing the show by candlelight? Like, what's going no, on in there? It's been lit. It's, it's been lit. It's been lit. I like it to smell good wherever I am. But that's what they were doing. Here's what Chris Jones does. Uh, and people got this misconstrued, because I got into some battles with some fans about the Chris Jones. Abs- well, they only gave up 14 points. Chris Jones has done his most damage on critical downs and critical situations for the Kansas City Chiefs and having him back now to have the ability to close out games. But not only that, afford Steve Spagnuolo the defense coordinator not to have to add people into the rush to try to pressure the quarterback This is a, a significant difference in how they can play defense now, especially when you're trying to dictate Protection and dictate how offensive lines will try to protect their quarterback and use that against them. So his implementation is not just a good player It changes your perspective as a defense because the offense has to account for him and, and somewhere else you'll you'll create a v- vulnerability or a weak spot Listen, the Jacksonville Jaguars
3: are explosive. Watching Calvin Ridley last week made me feel like I was watching a prime Antonio Brown and we know what Mm -hmm. sort of player that he was. And Trevor Lawrence was so good at spreading the football out, whether it was Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, or also this two-headed monster they have at the running back position now between ATN and Bigsby. One of the biggest plays of the game for the Colts defense was the DeForest Buckner strip sack right up the middle that ended up in a DeForest Buckner touchdown. Chris Jones is that sort of player. So if he can kind of monopolize that guard center guard area throughout the day, now Steve Spagnola can get into some of those too high zone blitzes mm-hmm. that we've seen be so effective for the Kansas City Chiefs, which they really couldn't do as a change up because they couldn't create four man rush.
2: I think it's going to be interesting to see how Jacksonville decides to attack Kansas City's defense. RC mentioned the calvin ridley performance i think the trust that trevor lawrence has in him and just when i say zero trust that's the number that calvin ridley wears zero and there is a high level of i throw this ball in your vicinity you're going to come down with it the second is this midline counter we're seeing a lot of this in the nfl right now where these guys are coming right down the center in between the center and guard and they're pulling people to over kind of compensate for an attacking defense. And then Trevor Lawrence did a good job specifically in the fourth quarter last week of very Patrick Mahomes-esque when they give you the opportunity to use your legs, take advantage of it. So Calvin mm-hmm. Ridley, an attacking defense using that counter and then watch for Trevor's
4: legs in this game.
0: Uh, Marcus, what is the scent of the candle? What does it smell like?
4: Uh, it's from a place called Lalabo. It's called, called, called Petite Grand. Man, and it's a phenomenal go. smell, guys. Man, I wish I was Smell, it. smell a vision on go the way. To
2: break. He said petite <laughs> grotte.
0: Like, you yeah. can see the flame yeah. and the I reflection over <laughs> the shoulder. He's vibing in there. The I big fella's got going I can't take on you. By candlelight. Why I not? I were going to say mashed good. potatoes. <laughs> Stop. We're just getting started on NFL Live. Tua Tagovailoa by pushed back against his doubters after his week one performance. And RC says, You can only stay humble for so long. Plus, after the loss of Aaron Rodgers for the season, Adam will tell us if there's a new plan in New York at quarterback. All the latest on the Jets' QBs. NFL Live is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And in part by Miller Lite. Great taste, 96 calories. Tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly.
7: Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza, better because it has to be.
6: The ESPN Fantasy app includes insights from AI models built with IBM Watson X. It's expected to generate more than 48 billion insights over the course of this fantasy season, everything from boom and bust predictions to recommendations on players to pick up from the waiver wire. 48 billion! That's more than six insights for every person on the planet. You get an insight, and you get an insight. We're all getting insights. Raise your game with AI-generated insights built with IBM Watson X and the ESPN Fantasy app.
8: Puts it to the
4: corner, and it's caught! Tyreek Hill, touchdown!
3: Bro, Tua's a baller, bro. I've been been saying this since since last year.
4: And the ball comes out, and the Patriots
5: have it! Mac Jones out of the shotgun, throws it his back, but back of the end zone, caught!
7: Touchdown!
0: Offensively, obviously, a very, very explosive group. Wide
2: open,
5: touchdown,
7: Tyreek Hill!
2: You want to be challenged week in, week out with different things against the best teams when it matters most.
0: What a matchup week two, Pats and Miami. A time to read and react to the latest around the NFL, and Tua Tungavailoa hurt some of the doubters who said he can't throw deep. Here's what he said about that after week one.
8: I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I don't care. <laughs> 466
3: is, that's what 466 is if I can't throw deep. Thanks.
0: <laughs> he said thanks. RC, you like that from Tua?
3: Well, listen, the best trash talkers all had one thing on their side, facts. Whether it's Floyd Mayweather, Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan, the facts were on their side. And in this case, 466 yards is all Tua Tagovailoa needs to say. You can only stay humble for so long when you're producing. And that's what's happening with Tua Tagovailoa now. And any naysayer or doubter has to cut on the film. And the film says he can throw well enough to complete passes down the field and win games.
0: An incredible NFL debut on Sunday for Rams fifth rounder Puka Nakua, who was targeted 15 times by Matthew Stafford in week one with 10 catches for 119 yards against Seattle. Nakua became the fourth player in NFL history to record 100 receiving yards and 10 receptions in his first career game. Dan, what made the rookie wideout so effective in the opener?
2: Reads the defense like a quarterback listens to the football. He's got a slot hitch up at the top of the screen. He can't go straight. He's got to widen a little bit, and now is Matthew? throws this ball on his left shoulder because the outside release, he's got to catch it and turn right away from that driving nickel defender. Fantastic. Now we'll go to an in route. He's at the bottom of the screen. When he pushes vertical, he's got to read those drop down defenders. Does he go outside of them or does he try to slip underneath them? Slip underneath and now get to the top of your route. Peek inside. Where's the window in the zone? It's in between the two backers sprint through that ball on time perfectly. And then the short in at the bottom of the screen. When he's running the short in, the number two receiver that's in the slot either has the corner or the in route. He has a corner. He knows, okay, that linebacker is really my guy. Don't run to him. Throttle down, be boring. Now it's dodge one, split two. One defender, dodge. Two defenders, split them. Second and ten becomes first and ten. Read the defense like a quarterback. Absolutely
0: listen to the football when and where Matthew Stafford threw it. Love it. New on NFL Live, we got Adam Schefter back with us for an update on Austin Eckler. What's going on?
5: All right, Lord, discouraging news out of Los Angeles. Austin Eckler did not practice again today for a second straight day. He's been dealing with an ankle injury that limited him at the end of the game last week against Miami. Didn't practice Wednesday. Didn't practice today. Not an encouraging sign for his availability this upcoming week, and we'll see if he can make it back on Friday. The one thing about Austin Eckler is he's fully aware of how much his team needs him, and he's fully aware of how much all the people who have him on their fantasy teams need him because he's a big fantasy football player himself. We'll see if Eckler can find a way to make it back to the field this week.
0: Look at him just caring about all those fantasy people out there. I love it. Um, all right, let's get back to week two action, which comes your way tonight. The Eagles and Vikings get a DraftKings same game parlay in here for you. And for that, we go to Marcus Spears. All right, Swagu, so over under 45 and a half yards on the ground for Jalen Hurts.
4: I go over, Boogie. Yeah, I think he's going to have opportunities not only in the design run game, but in the scramble game to uh, make a few plays when guys backs are turned. I'm not sure if Jalen wants to run for over 45 yards, but it'll be available to him and he'll take it when they give it to him.
0: How about Justin Jefferson over under 92 and a half yards receiving.
4: I'm gonna go over and it's what Ooh. Dan was talking about earlier, I, I don't think he's going to line up in one spot yeah. this game and try to make it personal um, between him and Darius Slade. Use him all over the field, get the ball in his hands quick, um, be, be aware of his yak. Yards after the catch this game. I think that's going to be a huge part of if he has success.
0: That kind of yak got it. Um, Okay. Does the rookie D tackle Jalen Carter (laughs) get a sack tonight?
4: Yeah, I believe so. He was close last week. Bunch of pressures. Uh, He is looking like that dominant force that he was at the University of Georgia on the interior. And we know that Kirk Cousins will give it up if you get close to him. So I don't necessarily think he has to hit Kirk hard. You get around him, Mm. Kirk is going to lay it down with a soft pillow. So (laughs) I think he goes over.
0: All right, listen, we've got more information on this game coming up later that you don't want to miss with Adam Schefter. He's going to give you some key injury updates from tonight's game. We'll be back with that in a little bit. But also coming up, with both the Jets and Cowboys coming off impressive defensive performances, RC is going to tell you why the Jets is so good. Marcus talks about the Cowboys.
6: DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And this season, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the app and use code NFLY when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours.
7: Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets pizza. Better because it has to be.
8: Protection breaks down and time runs out. Down goes Rogers, and now Rogers sits down. He's coming out of the game. And the feel in this stadium has completely changed after the injury to Rogers.
7: MRI is probably going to confirm what we think is already going to happen. It's not good.
8: For the jets and their fans they're thinking not again
7: i don't hurt for me I, I don't hurt for our locker room i hurt for aaron my heart's with aaron right now and nowhere else
0: Oh, man, it's still um, kind of shocking to remember that that happened just a few days ago. All right, big one on Sunday, though, between the Jets and Cowboys. Adam Schefter, Ed Werder here to get us ready. Let's start with you, Adam. It's now Thursday. Still no quarterback added to the Jets roster after Rodgers went down with his torn Achilles and out for the season. Should we expect one to be added between now and game day?
5: Listen, everybody keeps waiting for Brett Favre or Ben Roethlisberger or <laughs> Phillip Rivers to come walking through that door, and it's not happening right now. The Jets are casting their lot with Zach Wilson. Yes, they'll explore adding another quarterback to the room, but it will be a backup-quality quarterback. It's not somebody that they view at this point in time as being capable of unseating Zach Wilson. He is their guy. Robert Sala made that very clear. They're going to ride him starting Sunday. They believe he's ready to take the next step in his development and fulfill the potential that they saw when they made him the number two overall pick. But they're not in any rush to sign some decorated Pro Bowl former quarterback who's been out there on the street. There aren't a lot available. They haven't made a lot of contact with virtually any of them. They are moving ahead with Zach Wilson as their quarterback, Laura.
0: Yeah, the video you just saw while Adam was talking was from Zach Wilson at practice today. Ed, let's go to the Cowboys side of things. How is Dak Prescott looking ahead at this matchup now that Aaron Rodgers will not be playing on the other side?
9: Yeah, we talked to him, Laura, a short time ago outside the Cowboys locker. There's no question uh, that he's clearly disappointed that Rodgers is not going to be a part of this game. He, it disappoints him as a competitor. But, The Cowboys' home opener Sunday was never Dak Prescott versus Aaron Rodgers, at least not to the Cowboys quarterback who remains so singularly focused on a Jets defense that is among the most physical and opportunistic in the league. You know, the Jets were the only team to emerge from week one with more takeaways than the Cowboys' defense in their 40-point shutout of New York's other football team. You know, in a game where Rodgers suffered a season-ending injury on the third snap, the Jets defense intercepted Josh Allen three times Forced and recovered a fumble and sacked the Bills quarterback five times. So still seeking his first touchdown pass of the season. Prescott recognizes it's not going to be easy against the Jets. Very well-coached defense. Very, very sound. Um, vision defense. Eyes on me. Um, they can get after Got a great pass rush. Uh, you watched that game Monday. They had a hell of an offense to a few points. So um, we know the challenge that we have on our hands and they're a good defense. And I expect to, to see all of that come Sunday. Well, when I asked Prescott whether he believed Rodgers' absence diminishes Sunday's game in any way, he responded with a profanity and then added a firm "no" for emphasis. Uh, the Jets' defense will almost certainly be motivated, recognizing they have to become even more of a deciding factor now every week for a team, for the team to win without Zach Wil- with Zach Wilson replacing a four-time league MVP at quarterback. And Laura, another potential issue for the Cowboys: the growing number of offensive starters whose game status is yet to be determined. Right guard Zach Martin was limited today, added to the injury report because of a groin injury. Left guard Tyler Smith didn't practice after missing week one because of a hamstring injury. And wide receiver Brandon Cooks has a strained MCL in his knee, also unable to practice today.
0: Yeah, that's something to really keep an eye on uh, to your point, Ed, leading into this game, especially with, as we've said, how strong that Jets defense looked despite the storylines with Aaron Rodgers. Thanks to you guys. And with Aaron Rodgers out, the Jets are going to have to lean on their defense, right? Gain Green has been aggressive using zone coverage since the start of 2022, allowing the lowest QBR in the league when using zone concepts, as well as the second fewest yards for drop back. And that could be trouble for Dak Prescott who has thrown a whopping 15 picks since the start of last season. 11 of those have come against zone coverage. That's the most by any quarterback in that time. You know, we see Dax struggles against zone, RC. Do you expect the Jets to have the personnel to play it in the game?
3: Man, the Jets have the personnel to play anything. But the first thing, and Marcus and Dan both <laughs> notice, you need to be able to rush the passer with four. And they can rush the passer with four. They have great rushers on the outside, and obviously Quinnen Williams, one of the best in the world at the D tackle position. And then you need linebackers that can go sideline to sideline, but can also play with vision. And Quincy Wilson and C.J. Mosley, you have that. And you have two corners that can flat out play the game in both Sauce Garden on the other side, D.J when they have vision on the quarterback, they are so quick out of their breaks. And then with Sauce's length, he's able to have vision to break and get his hands on the football. And you have a safety that you need to figure out. Can we get this every week from Jordan Whitehead and now Tony Adams, who is taking the place at the strong safety. If those two guys play extremely well, as we saw Whitehead play
2: against the Buffalo Bills, this could spell trouble for the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Yeah, I see agree with everything. I think the number one focus for Dak is Get the ball out of your hands. You know, there's this saying when you're playing zone defense is never pass up someone open for someone who might become more open. It's mm. the simple thought process of like, you got a guy open, get the ball to your hands. And I thought really candidly, he did a nice job of that. And I understand it was a small kind of sample size in week one versus the Giants, but the ball came out of his hands quickly. And you heard it in Dak's comments when he said, vision defense, all eyes on you. And that's exactly why he's got to be super hyper focused on That guy's open, but that guy might become more open. And that's when you get yourself in trouble because you got six or seven sets of eyeballs looking at you. Everyone could be driving on it. And that defensive line pressure's coming. I got this stat from B. In week one, Dak Prescott got the football in his hands in 2.3 seconds. That was the fastest quarterback in the Mm. NFL for week one. So that's going to help against the Jets. And the second thing, that's the fastest Dak has been since 2018. Wow. Mm-hmm.
4: That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. And I, I I love and agree with what both of y'all are saying, hand the football off. All right, let's, let's attack the perimeter of this defense and stay (laughs) multiple. The worst thing you you can do, bro, (laughs) the, the worst thing you can do is become one dimensional against this defense. Maybe you can become one dimensional against somebody else in this league and you can come like 12 games out of the 17 where you feel good about your um, uh, about your matchups on the outside, you become one dimensional against the New York Jets. You are spelled for disaster. We ain't got to wait to see if it's going to go bad. It's going to go bad. If you just are stuck to having to drop back and trying to push the ball down the field. Another thing too, like James Cook on the perimeter who is who is fast and, and can get to the outside which you have a similar back And Tony Pollard was having a little bit of success against this defense. I think you got to run these guys East and West and try to find your gaps. Cause going straight down the middle of them is difficult too. But don't abandon the run game against the New York Jets. One-dimensional is what they want y'all to be. And that dude, 95, that sits in the center of that line of scrimmage will destroy you. He gonna go away from Zach Martin and tear that head off. If all you do is drop back and pass this guy. Well, <laughs> we don't even know if
0: Zach Martin's gonna be healthy in the game. You know, as, well, as we're about
2: a giant benefit to yeah, the well, Jets. Uh, I-, I think this. It's also. It's okay as an offense to sit there and give the defense their flowers and know this is a really – RC talked about, a really good defense. They make everything hard. And I think for Dak, another thing is to pay attention to what Josh experienced. And RC, you kind of know, like, the way I talk about it is this. The hard throws for quarterbacks are, are never easy against the Jets. What I mean by that is the, yeah. the deep crosser is never easy and the in route is never easy and the big play over the top, it's never mm-hmm. easy. No. And so you've got to really focus on taking the easy throw, that simple throw, because that's what they want to kind of bait you into doing.
3: Two words. Complimentary football. Dak Prescott needs to understand that this is a three-phase game. And he doesn't have to look for the big chunk because he has a defense that can keep him in the game, a run game that is great, and a special teams coach that knows how to create points. Focus on those things and lean on everything that Mike McCarthy wants his team
2: to do as a whole and not think about getting the big play. 70% completion percentage. That's the mindset that you want to have. I want to complete 70% of my passes.
0: I hear you. I also think it could be difficult for a quarterback like Dak to get patient and be patient enough throughout the game to just make that happen. All right, still to come. Well, he better be or he's
4: going to have his head bashed in.
0: (laughs) That'll make you patient, too. We're going to talk about some poor performances by top quarterbacks like Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. Find out why RC says one of these QBs is who he is. You're watching NFL Live, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. We'll be right back.
7: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: Welcome back to NFL Live, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Hey, next week we got two Monday Night Football games. Dan and I on the call with Chris Fowler and Louis Riddick as Derek Carr leads the Saints against number one overall pick Bryce Young and the Panthers. Special start time there of 7 Eastern on ESPN. Then over on ABC, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, Lisa Salters. Bring you Nick Chubb and the Browns. Taking on TJ Watt and the rival Steelers. That one at 8 Eastern. All right, time to see what's on trend around the NFL. I'm going to give you a stat. Our analysts are going to tell you if that trend continues this week. Things weren't all that rosy in week one for Joe Burrow, who was blitzed on 39% of his dropbacks, the fourth highest rate of his career. And Burrow recorded the worst completion rate and fewest yards per attempt against the Blitz in any game of his young NFL career thus far. Marcus, did the Ravens, their opponent this week, see these numbers and send more pressure?
4: Uh, I hope not because I hope they don't think that Joe Burrow somehow turned into the pumpkin. Uh, You can blitz if you want to and leave a man to man with T Higgins and Jamar Chase and they absolutely get going. The Ravens understand what Joe Burrow has done to them as well from an offensive standpoint. I will, I believe this is an anomaly, the way that they played against Cleveland. I think they get going on track this week, and you got to change up defensive looks. You better not go in there blitz-happy. He going to throw for 466 and tell you about it.
0: Sounds like Tua. Uh, Okay, uh, speaking of quarterbacks who might have turned into pumpkins, I'm just kidding. We know Josh Allen is capable of a big play at any time, but the turnovers are mounting up and it's somewhat alarming. Since entering the NFL in 2018, Allen has committed an NFL-high 84 turnovers in the NFL in that span. That leads the NFL. Allen had a league-high four turnovers in week one between three picks and one fumble loss. RC, knowing this trend, does a secondary now become more aggressive when facing Allen?
3: Actually, you don't because if you just wait, he'll throw you one and we would go into games and we would somehow sometimes say, guess what guys, at some point a football is going to hit you in your face mask, you just have to be ready to catch it. It's about patience when paying, playing Josh Allen, you don't want to give him openings, you don't want to allow him to see the open guy quickly because he's so talented, he'll get the football there. But if you make him be patient, if you make him throw the football into tight windows, which he will do, you you will have your opportunities so with a guy like josh allen i just sit back and wait for my
0: chance let it come to you all right uh, we go from statistical trends something that Dan noticed week one. Dan, teach us something. There's
2: a very specific play that I'm seeing that comes from a little bit of the Kyle Shanahan tree. So, this is formation in the boundary. It's the Titans versus the New Orleans Saints. So, you have your tight end there and your wide receiver and then our two-person slot up top. Now, what's a little bit different is traditionally with the slot that went to the field, one receiver would be here. And when that receiver was kind of extended, as would the defense be a little bit more extended because they horizontally match. Now, what the Titans have done is, again, so many teams from the Kyle Shanahan world is they're setting that formation and then as that motion comes I want everyone to pay attention this if I drew a line just down the middle of the field I would tell you that this because of the formation and that tight slot with the motion one two three four five six seven guys are on this side of the field cut in half, and really only, what, one or two that are somewhat close to the ball. Those guys are 10-plus yards down the field. So it's not only that those two defenders are on that side of the ball. Those two defenders are on that side of the field, and it's a very basic concept. The Titans are just running outside zone. They're just trying to capture edges here as that defender defender follows that jet motion, and that guy hangs a little bit back because there's a three-person side now. Look at all the space and field that you have left for everybody on your offense. Now, when I say I saw a lot of teams run this in week one, 13 teams ran that run concept in some fashion where they set the formation into the boundary, they had that tight slot, the motion came, they either went outside zone with a the handoff, they pitched it to the back right now and it's creating huge runs. It's gonna be interesting to watch how teams defensively counter that because of that jet motion. Is it gonna be a trigger rush? Will they walk the linebacker up on the edge? Does the corner come down for hard support? I'd love to hear Ryan's opinion on this as we get going, but this is something to watch. 13 teams in week one of the NFL ran that very
0: similar concept. R.C., what you think?
3: Well, the big thing is this, right? You have to be gap sound and you need to keep integrity. It's also about setting the edge. If you have guys on the outside who are willing to be physical, who are willing to sacrifice themselves to force the football back in, that's how you allow pursuit to catch up to the runner. This game is changing, but it goes in phases. This isn't something that's new to football, but with football spreading out, with things going so big into the passing game and 11 personnel, this is something that is reinventing themselves. And when you have someone like a Derrick Henry who could be physical on the edges of defense. It allows you to get big plays, but also set a presence of physicality
2: up front. I think it's going to be interesting to see how defensive coordinators challenge their defense to set that edge. It does mean that that defensive end is going to have to do a great job. Maybe it's a spike and replace over the top. It's something for every fan to watch if your offense is running it and how your defense is handling it.
0: I bet we see offenses try it again this week just to see if the defense is caught up. All right, coming up next, the Eagles offense looked shaky last week, but Marcus has a fix to how they can fly high like last season, and we'll make our pick for tonight. The Eagles are ready to soar, as you see right there. NFL Live is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL.
4: I can't wait till this thing kicks off because we are coming.
7: The hype is all
8: around Dion's team. And we're coming.
0: And then this is Sunday. The NFL countdown crew on Sunday has you covered for week two, 10 a.m. Eastern. And then the Monday night countdown crew gets you set for our two Monday night football matchups. One hour earlier than normal, five Eastern on ESPN and the ESPN app. Hey, lots of names on the injury report for the Eagles and Vikings game tonight. Let's get Adam Schefter back in here. And Adam, what do we need to know starting with the Eagles running back room?
5: Or Kenneth Gainwell is listed as out tonight. He will not play due to a rib injury that he suffered during Sunday's opener. That means that the Philadelphia Eagles now will be leaning on DeAndre Swift, on Bart Scott, and Boston Scott, and Rashad Penny, who was inactive on Sunday as they try to make up for the absence of Kenneth Gainwell. And meanwhile, they also will be without a couple of key members of their secondary James Bradbury, out tonight. Reed Blankenship, out tonight. Two losses from an Eagles secondary that will be going up against a high-powered Vikings passing attack. If the Vikings can find a way to protect Kirk Cousins, there could be some opportunities there in the secondary. And finding a way to protect Cousins will revolve around the health of Christian Darasaw, who has some question marks been limited Due to an ankle injury that he suffered. But here's something that's interesting. The Vikings did not promote an offensive tackle this afternoon. And now there's some idea that maybe Darasov can fight his way through injury and be out there tonight. I think it had felt like a long shot that he'd be able to play in a short week. But the fact that they didn't promote anybody today might be a sign that Darasov is going to try to fight through it this evening, Laura.
0: Yeah, that surprised me a little bit, but I'm with you. The context clues point to seeing him out there. All right, things were bumpy for Philly's offense and Jalen Hurts in week one. Hurts only completed one of his nine passes for nine yards when he was under pressure while taking three sacks, as his 11% completion rate when under duress it was the worst of his career in any game with at least five such passes. With a clean pocket, no pressure, Hurts completed 21 of 24 passes for 161 yards and a touchdown. Also important to remember, he didn't play in the preseason, could have been knocking some rust off. But either way, Marcus, how should Minnesota attack this Eagles offense tonight?
4: I I, I think you should test this theory, uh, unlike the Joe Burrow theory. And, look, it could get you in a lot of trouble. But but New England did a phenomenal job, one, having a bare front. They played three guys on center guard center and they were able to take care of some of the RPO stuff that usually gets teams on the interior. And I'm sure they had that confidence because of Matthew Judon and Uche. When you look at uh, Minnesota with Daniil Hunter on the outside, you think that's a great pass rush matchup, but then you think about the run game. And if I'm Philly, I'm trying to get the ball. I'm trying to get DeAndre Swift a few more touches in this game for For from an explosive standpoint. Jalen obviously had the fumble. I think that would have potentially sealed the game uh, for the New England Patriots. But ultimately, I like the yeah. Belichick playing. You know that this is the same tree with Brian Flores calling plays. I think we will see some of the same stuff Similar pressures and also playing fronts that gave them problems as well in the run game,
2: yeah, specifically to the past game i wanna see can they take away. What I think is very difficult, both the in-breakers and the out-breakers, Philadelphia excels at throwing those specifically to A.J. Brown, and they did not have a lot of success throwing the football last week. But when those two are clicking on those in-breaking and out-breaking routes, I think their pass game becomes very difficult to contend with. I wanted to ask R.C., if you're Minnesota, is there one that you're specifically trying to take away, R.C., or what is the challenge to try to do both?
3: Absolutely. You have to try to take away the inside routes. You want to make Jalen Hurts make the harder throw. There's also less when you force somebody to the outside, you can use the sideline as another defender. When these guys catch these slants and catch these in breaker routes and are able to get the run after the catch with the space that that allows, that's where we see the Philadelphia Eagles, A.J. Brown, uh, Dallas Goddard, and Devontae Smith excel. So to me, I'm going to pack it inside. I'm going to work with my backers, my safeties, and my nickelbacks and everything. Every now and then, you're going to have to leave those young corners alone to defend the deep ball by themselves, because if you allow the RPO game to get going, it really kills you in between the now, numbers. I
2: was just going to ask you, so on the inbreakers, breakers is it more corners sit with inside leverage or more backers make sure you get your depth drop or kind of yeah. return off of that play-action <laughs> fake, or is it vice versa, whether corners outside?
3: Well, see, so so here's the difficulty, though. You're talking about a team that's run in heavy play action. Yeah. So a lot of times you lose your linebacker. So I'm going to tell my corners to sit inside. Because by sitting inside, I still have the opportunity to break on the outside route based on the route of the receiver and also what I'm seeing from Jalen Hurts. Whereas if they get inside after that play action pass, there is too much space. And those two guys, especially A.J. Brown, are too difficult to mm-hmm. get on the ground in open space.
0: Marcus, as you hear all that, how does that affect the rush question. up front? Oh, I had a question for you first. Oh. <laughs> I,
4: I'm, so, I'm sorry, buddy. I, I wanted to I ask love Dan show. something. I love because show. I, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I wanted to ask Dan something because when, last, last week when Philly got away from Dallas Goddard and he wasn't impactful, Dan, what's going on on yep. the sideline? Why wasn't Dallas Guard able to be schemed open in the middle of the field access?
2: I think the way that New England kind of played their zero coverage or their pass off zero coverage, you're naturally inclined to throw the ball outside because of the leverage that's played. Minnesota doesn't necessarily yeah. have that. Mm. At least Brian Flores does in his past, but it's not necessarily been shown in week one. I do think that with some of the simulated pressures that they showed last week, seven or eight guys up, and then only four rush and there's droppers, I do think there's vacancies in the middle of the field versus their zone coverage droppers that Dallas Goddard, to Marcus's point, could have a little bit more impact.
0: All right, so I'm going to answer the question that I asked, Marcus. Um, They are affected. All right, let's get some game picks in here, okay? (laughs) This is bad because we we do this, y'all. We all pick the same team, and there's the NFL Live curse and the whole thing. So we're all on the Eagles, but the one thing is, we all think it's a close game. So Dan, you want to tell us a little bit about why you think it's close? I just think
2: the the strength of Minnesota is their passing game. I talked about Justin inside. I think that's the weakness of Philadelphia's day.
0: Okay, well, um, we'll see if. the curse is alive and what well. We haven't done this yet. This what year. was the candle name again? Petit Grom.
2: Petite,
3: <laughs> <called
4: Grand>. Petite, <laughs> <Grand.
0: laughs> Petite sticky. It, smell right it. it probably smells Can way it better
1: smell in there
0: it? than it does in here. It we'll don't smell it like your house. So
4: a bunch of boiled chicken and dirty rice.
8: <laughs> Robert Half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.